I'm Luca Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the back. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined. As always, by my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, riding out the Cyclone, Cyclone. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? The bomb Cyclone? You move your body like a Cyclone, Cyclone. <laughs> you know we do it all night long, night long. Hey, what do you think about NFL free agency? <laughs> Isaac and I were joking last night. <laughs> we said, we said, hmm, well, this is kind of like a, a dull kind of the year for the NBA right now. And so what can we do to spice it up? I said, what if we did an entire show about NFL free agency? <laughs> just did 30, didn't say anything. Just did 30 minutes on the Odell Beckham Jr. trade, on like Le'Veon Bell, the, <laughs> Earl 30, Thomas. 30 minutes goes by and we're like, all right, well, all right, we'll, we'll talk well. to you tomorrow. Peace out. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> we're like, huh. I'm a... Uh, I never really had a true like allegiance to the Bengals. I mean, I was a fan. <laughs> you definitely I, don't now. I was a fan, but man, dude, like <laughs> they're now the, the least interesting team in Ohio by far. <laughs> by far. I'm going to be way more interested in watching the Browns. Heck yeah, man. Now Odell going to Cleveland and you know, I'm a huge huge Ravens fan. I've said this before, but I've been a Ravens fan longer than gosh. Um Longer than Mavs fan, and so I was getting super worried when we lost all these players of free agency, and uh, we just decided to wait until uh, today to get Earl Thomas, which a bunch of Dallas uh, Cowboys fans thought that Big they were going to get. Big and, man. Uh, I'm sorry. Let, hey, let's list off all the Cowboy free agents. Crickets, crickets, crickets. Cole Beasley's gone. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh, Cole Beasley's tweet about not winning about died. Um, but no, I don't, I don't dislike the Cowboys. I, I hope they do. They do well for, uh, for the fans, but yeah, I had kind of adopted the Cowboys, but yeah, they didn't really do a whole lot either. So yep. OBJ is going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. Him and Jarvis Landry back together. They were together at LSU. That'll be fun to see them and, and Baker. They're definitely and, the favorites of that division and man, they're going to be fun. I think everything rides on Baker and, uh, Odell. It's going to be a, a wake up call for you going from New York city to, uh, Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah, I think he's going to uh, like it. <laughs> I think he's going to like it a lot more. Uh, but no, they, they should be – I mean, they're must-watch TV for football, which is something you haven't said in – The Cleveland ever. Browns are must-watch TV for sports, not just football, for sports. Yeah. That's so weird to say. It's weird. All right, I'm done talking about football. That's it. All right, guys, today on the podcast, we will talk about the Mavericks game. They're playing against the Thunder on Thursday, so that is today. No, what did I just say? Thunder? I just, I'm just i doing a video on the Thunder, so all <laughs> I've been thinking about is the Thunder for the last 24 I was like, hours. Is there a snowstorm in OKC? I don't know about <laughs> They're playing the Nuggets. <laughs> the Thunder. They're playing the Nuggets on Thursday. Uh, they were supposed to fly out last night. But they weren't able to, so hopefully by the time you listen to this, they've already flown out. They're supposed to fly out early Thursday morning because of a bomb cyclone. I never even knew that was a thing. No clue. I ne- I've I never don't heard know of what that it before. Is. I don't. I was like trying to. I was reading different articles about it. I'm like, okay, so basically, um, it's just like anyway, a big snowstorm, a really bad snowstorm with wind and stuff. I don't know. If you're a meteorologist, holler at us. 
let us know. We did have a ball boy reach out to us yes, today. Yes, we did. Said he was a ball boy for like five or six years. So uh, based off yesterday's spot. Shout out to you, bro. But no, yeah. So the um, Joey. The, shout out to Joey. Shout out to Joey. Uh, the bomb cyclone has uh, thrown everything off as far as schedule wise. And what makes it now, so bomb? Like, what's what's the bomb part about it? Is it just all of a sudden come at once and just explode? That's what would make know. it a bomb for me. You know. <laughs> I guess so. I don't know. I'd like to name some of these things. A bomb cyclone. If it's a huge snowstorm, that means it just drops like a giant amount of snow all at once. So you know how you know how when it snows. You get, you know, you'll say at the end, it's like, oh, we got five inches. We got three inches. Well, it comes gradually. What if it just all came at once? That's the bomb part of it. It just drops. <laughs> Somehow it just holds up in the clouds all at once and then just drops. Just four inches of snow. Just poof. all at once. And the, the Nuggets could drop a bomb on the Mavericks Thursday night. So would it be um, a bomb? What would it have to be for us to be uh, upset about this game? I don't know. I think anything, I think anything past. 25 or 30 points is getting into effort stuff. <laughs> oh, so it, even, just if it's an embarrassing loss, because I feel like if they yeah. lose, we're not going to care. Because that Nets game is, was 39 point loss. That, that, yeah, that's getting into some effort and everything like that. That's, that's what Car- Carlisle was asked at practice if he had ever been, uh, ex- <laughs> or been a part of or experienced a bomb cyclone before. And he said yes the other night against Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> The classic Carlisle quote. So anyway, this is going to be kind of weird because they're going to be getting there as long as they can fly out Thursday morning. They're going to be getting there the same day. So obviously no morning shoot around. Um, yeah, flying there and playing in the same day is interesting. If they shoot lights out, they'll never have a morning shoot around again. <laughs> Which they've had about five in the past two years. That's three true. years. <laughs> well, five at, at home. Don't they have them on the road? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. That's what I'm saying. They'll never have another shoot-around again, ever. The Mavericks ever. famously don't have shoot-arounds at home this year. It's like kind of a thing. That they they used do. to, and it's weird. We've talked about this before. They like did it all last start, year, all the year yeah, before? Well, not not all last year, but like three years ago, I mean, it was like a thing. And They stopped at the end of last year, but they did a lot last year. Yeah, I used to go morning shoot-arounds a ton. That's when you talk to opposing team players a lot. And yeah. They're pretty chill and all that, but anyway. That's where I saw Dwight... Dwight Howard shoot uh, five for five on the three-point line around the world. <laughs> Him and his huge shoulders when he was playing for the Hornets. Hey, he could be back in I mean, we haven't mentioned him as a free agent target. What if <laughs> What if they bring back him and Darren Williams? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> hey, Melo's a free agent, too. Oh, my gosh. I was doing my video on the Thunder, and uh, one of their losses to – or one of their wins against the, the Rockets was uh, – was back in like October, November, and it was a big win. And so I was, I was trying, I was making a point to say, like, oh, here's some of their big wins. But one of them was against the Rockets, and that one of those wins against the Rockets had Melo in it, and Melo went one for eleven, and he was a minus twenty two in the game. Wow! <laughs> he played eighteen minutes. I think the Warriors should sign Melo, and then he gets a ring, and it helps. Just give him a ring, yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. All right, on the podcast today, that was a long intro. On the podcast today, we will talk about Carlisle's extension. It was uh, quietly restructured, according to Mark Stein, so we'll talk about that. Then we'll talk about Porzingis at practice. He had a lot, a lot, a lot to say, and so we'll get into that. Man, he practiced five-on-five yesterday on Wednesday, and uh, woo, it's exciting stuff, man. Just, Just to hear about him practicing is fun. The excitement around the team right now is uh, super fun. And Which 
is kind of dumb if you think about it because we're so excited about something that's not going to happen until next, like this October. You know, we're not going to see him play until I guess September for preseason. But it seems like these past. It seems like these past couple of years, these losing seasons, though, we've found reasons to, uh, and the organization, I think, I think it is a, um, I don't think this is to help get people excited, but I think the organization has found ways to keep fans engaged and uh, looking at other things, or at least um, entertained in a losing, maybe if you want to say depressing type of end of season. Um <laughs> This one's much better because we get super excited about Porzingis. A couple years ago, we had Tony Romo, so that kind of <laughs> that, that kind of just day. yeah, but that kind of distracted everybody from. Yeah, the, the Yogi thing, the Yogi thing, and then Tony Romo was kind of a yeah Yogi Mania, Tony Romo, Dirk thirty K, um, Dirk thirty K. Uh, I'm mean, you know All Star breaks past the uh, halfway point, but like Dennis going to the dunk contest and all that stuff, and um, but yeah, I mean, this is the Porzingis thing today. Him practicing and the three, well, the three on three, and now that you know the scrimmage today, I think it's huge, man. It's if there were any type of doubts that you had that somebody had a fan had of man you know everything sounded good but you know there's still a chance he might not be with this long term or at least moving forward and all that stuff um i think this helps a ton so. yeah because you can you can imagine what the fan base would be like if he never had five on five or you know we heard a report that says ah he's still kind of struggling and you know it could be like that it could be one of these lingering things and, and he's just back i mean he's he could play right now if they really wanted him to I mean that that's the thing like he he could be away from the team right now. I mean he could be he could be in Latvia. He was he, could, he was away from the Knicks. Yeah, he, he could be doing. away doing his own thing whatever and we've talked about this a lot on the pod but he is traveling with the team everywhere. He's super hyped up. He's always on social talking about his teammates and I mean I, I know we wasn't plugged into the Porzingis beat uh, as much as we are now, obviously. But, man, I just never saw... I followed him on Twitter, but I never saw him interact with Knicks fans over the past year. N- not Knicks fans, but, uh, like, his teammates and stuff like he is right now in Dallas. He just seems so happy right now. And I know I mentioned this, uh, I guess, on yesterday's pod, but from my understanding and from everything, um, the conversations that I had, I he went, I didn't think we were going to hear from him at all until this summer and it was just this was the plan he wasn't going to practice any he's not going to play he's just going to do his rehab stay away from the media do his thing hit free agency figure all this stuff out over summer and we would never hear from him that was my understanding and the fact that he did the tnt thing and then he talked to the media today that's huge and some of the comments he dropped that you're gonna you have and we're gonna talk about those those are huge he's excited to be here Yes. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about Rick Carlisle, and we'll talk about Porzingis some more. All right, Isaac, so Mark Stein dropped dropped a Steiner? Dropped a, a Stein? We need a, we need a Stein thing. We have Woj Bomb. We need a Stein. A Stein line. He dropped the Stein line. That's his Twitter. <laughs> the Mavericks quietly restructured the contract of Coach Rick Carlisle before the season to extend his current deal by one year through the 2022-23 season and gave him an undisclosed salary increase, league sources say. The Mavericks won the only championship in franchise history with Carlisle as coach in 2011. 
In October 2015, Dallas and Carlisle reached terms on a five-year, $35 million contract extension that began with the 2017-18 season. So, if you're keeping track at home, they gave an extension. <laughs> Are they, uh, in 2015, they reached terms on a five-year deal, so that would have ended in 2020. And then... No, they reached terms on an extension that would start in 2017-18. So that was last season. So the extension started, so he was five years. So he his deal would have been up 2021-22, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. and then they extended it uh, another year. So this is just an just it's a small thing, but the Mavericks are committed to Rick Carlisle. They're committed to Rick Carlisle, and I mean he brought a title to this franchise and organization. Um, he's regarded around the league as a wizard and one of the um, best uh, X and O guys in the league. And the Mavericks are committed to him for, um, yeah, this is a sign of commitment. The Mavericks are also committed to stability, I believe. I think that this is – the Mavericks love Rick Carlisle, but I think they love the idea of the stability more than they love the idea of Rick Carlisle. You know what I mean? Because they, they do yeah, love Rick Carlisle, but they love this idea of, well, we're a front office that's been together forever. We're a coaching staff that's been here. I think Rick Carlisle is the second longest tenured coach in the NBA, right? Behind Pop, yeah. I think Spoh's yeah. up there too. Yeah, I think it's uh-huh. I think it's them three. They're the top three. They like this idea of, of, of especially presenting to free agents and saying, hey, yeah. we have this guy. He's, he's here. He's going to be here through 2022-23. I mean, this is he's going to be here through the um, – wait. So if he's through 2021-22, that's, that's four years, right? Five years. That's through, yeah. that's through the length of a max contract, right? Yeah. At least. And so yeah. to present to a guy like Kemba Walker, Jimmy Butler, Kawhi, you know, Durant, whoever they decide to, to go after to say, Hey, we have this guy. He's through the, you know, he's going to be here through the, the, you know, the duration of your deal here, your time here. I think that's big. I think that it's kind of, you know, optics in the sense. Yeah. They, um, they love the stability, uh, with, with Donnie, obviously. And, um, you, you got the front office guys. They're, they're grooming Michael Finley in that role. Uh, Tony Ronzoni's up there. Um, we're talking about main decision makers in the Mavs and obviously Cuban and Rick Carlisle is part of that. So, uh, Rick Carlisle obviously did his uh, course with, you know, Dirk over the, over the seasons. And you know, that's one of the selling points that they're probably telling Porzingis of saying, Hey, this is what Rick did with, you know, Jason Kidd, Dirk and all of those guys. And, um, we have a system that we can use KP in. So, yeah, uh, it is different that it was uh, kind of secretly done. Uh, a lot of these things are normally press released out, and yeah, uh, you know, people are you know know about it and stuff. But uh, you know, that's their thing. So interesting though, if it was for optics that they wouldn't do a press release, but I guess they're gonna wait. Yeah, maybe they do one like right before the summer starts. Yeah, they could. Yeah, interesting. All right, that's all we want to talk about about that. Yes. That's all we wanted to say about it. He's going to be yes. here. We can't really, you know, no calling for his job really because the question comes up, who's, who's say, you know, who, uh, who would you get to replace him? And then, uh, yeah, there's really no answers. He, he's, um, he's a great, great coach. So let's talk about Porzingis. The Lakers would not hire Rick Carlisle if he was gone though. They would try to, and he would turn that job down real quick. I feel like, I feel like a lot of people would turn down that job. <laughs> 
I would I would I would be worried for Rick and, and, and the Lakers deal with that stuff. <laughs> all right. I'm just gonna go through these quotes. This is all from Dallas Morning News from Brad Townsend, obviously. Okay, I'm just gonna read this and you tell me when to stop and then we'll talk about it, okay? Already. It's been a long road, he said. It's like walking in the desert this whole time. You're just working, working, and you don't know what the end result is going to be like. But now that I'm coming closer to playing and I'm already doing five-on-five scrimmages, I get some taste of what it's going to be like when I finally step back on the court and compete. I like it. I like it. Oh, man. I mean, I like, obviously. So a lot of excitement was built up today around the vibe that Porzingis was talking about scrimmaging with the guys. Um, Rick got asked a question about the, you know, about him playing because obviously fans right now are saying, we just want to see a game. Give us one game. I mean, if <laughs> what fans would do right now for one game, how many, how many signatures could we get on a petition? If we saw, if we put out a petition of saying wow. one game, should this be our thing? We wanted to make a mark on this fan base. Should we? <laughs> should this be our thing? To get to get one game for KP. Um, which which just, game would we want it to be? Dirk's last game. No. Oh, that was uh, just overshadowed. Okay, so the last home game is Phoenix, April 9th against the Suns. Okay, not that one. Not that one. The the next home game before that is April fifth against the Grizzlies. Ooh, that'd be a good one. You have Timberwolves right before that. Yeah, that's that's home, and you have, Here's the si- thing. you have Sixers right before that, April first. There's a three three home game stretch right there. But some of y'all would be so pissed if forcing us played and one helped game. them win a game, <laughs> and they won a game. <laughs> they beat the Grizzlies, <laughs> and they won. Oh man, some of y'all tankers would be so torn at that point. <laughs> I mean, the Mavericks um, pick isn't going to get much. Their their odds aren't going to get much better than where they are right now. I'm just telling you guys with that that right now. Yes. Um. But no, yeah. I mean that. Him talking about Rick talked about it and says, as far as he knows, there's nothing. Uh, I think Brad uh, exchanged or talked to Cuban today, and Cuban uh, just like he said on this podcast, he shot when we had him on the pod a few weeks ago. Uh, Mark Cuban uh, said on here that no, he's not playing. <laughs> he's not playing. <laughs> uh, Can you imagine so- if we petitioned that whole thing. He plays in the last game. Let's say he plays at the Spurs, so he plays against Davis Bertans, the other Latvian in the NBA. So he does that, and. He injures himself again. Stop. Why would you speak that omen on us? He's not going to play anyways. It's not going to matter. But imagine if that's what happened. But here's the thing. Also, I, I don't control anything. What are you talking about? The omen. Get out of here. Anything that I say on this podcast is not going to. The only thing that matters is what Kirk that. says. Kirk says things and they happen, apparently. He's been saying the Luca thing forever and they got Luca. Now he says send Luca to the lottery. That's his um, thing, man. Here's the thing. I think who we addressed that petition to. Um, is the key because I don't know if it had anything to do with the Mavericks. Who would we have to address it to? Our friends in the ticket office. We have friends bro- in the ticket a, office. A brother. A brother. No, I, I, it, it's part of this. We've I don't talked think about either this of a us lot. Have brothers. No, I said his brother. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't think uh, we, this isn't Giannis. a secret. Dear Porzingis. <laughs> there is. Um, you know, they his camp have have their plan for this recovery. The Mavericks came aboard. They they said it in that opening press conference of saying, "Hey, they had a plan in place before they even got here." So they have their plan. The Mavericks adopted that, and, was, and obviously, the Mavericks are going to say whatever you want to do. Basically, um, well, you know, we'll do that. If you don't play the rest of the season, all right, we'll help you rehab. We'll, we'll do whatever uh, your plan is and your team has planned. So uh, 
it would definitely have to be a joint thing. It's not just the Mavericks. It had to be his camp, you know, leading that too. So it had to be a joint thing. It's becoming legal, and soon it will be in the NBA. It's from Carlisle. Many, many, many encouraging signs here. Days like today are extremely important. The impact that he had on practice was high. His length, not only does he score the ball, but he moves, passes. He can create plays. He was involved in a lot of things out there. And then Brad Townsend adds on this, which I just find hilarious. He said, just nine days earlier in Brooklyn, Carlisle said he doubted that Porzingis would practice in the, with the Mavericks this season. Nine days. That and you know and I, I, that is a very true sentiment. I mean, that's why we. That's why I just said while I go of this whole practicing and him talking to the media thing. I mean, it was most everybody there's. It was almost everybody's feeling was he was not going to talk to the media and he wasn't going to practice. Like that was just a thing Here that. We are. Yeah, and now look, he's not only is he practicing, but he is talking to the media, and. Um, that, yeah, that in itself, can you imagine this team, you know, this team that's, you know, under 20 games to go this season and, uh, you know, they're kind of, you know, they're wearing down. It's towards the end of the season. Now it's like, Hey guys, um, Kristaps Porzingis is going to practice with us today. Uh, Maxie, Dwight, one of y'all can, uh, take a seat. Uh, Porzingis is play- playing, uh, today. Uh, or, and this is something else you can view it too. Assuming that Porzingis won't play this season, that's still the thing. That's still what they're, you know, Mav's saying. Everybody's saying he's not going to play. This could be the only chance he gets to take the the court with Dirk. Ooh. And you know that he's enjoying that moment, uh, or at least in practice. Uh, it's not an actual game, but five on five in practice stuff. He's he's getting to take the court with Dirk, and it's cool. We didn't know the teams that you know played five five on five today, but if he was on the same team as Dirk or. If he tried to guard Dirk, whatever it is. So, you know, it means something to him. For sure. All right, let's take another break. When we come back, more from Porzingis and the rest around the Mavs practice today. All right, this is, again, from Porzingis. I definitely feel better than before comparing himself with his pre-injury physical condition. The way I move, the way I run, the way I jump, everything just feels more fluid. When he was asked whether he believed Wednesday was a psychological hurdle. Porzingis says he knows that. Porzingis said he knows that this is the case for many athletes returning from serious knee injuries. But for me, this is a direct quote. The rest, the other stuff wasn't. But for me, since I've been doing contact work, I haven't really been thinking about my knee. I don't really feel it. So this is a big mm-hmm. thing that a lot of people talked about with like Derrick Rose that he just wasn't driving. He wasn't being as aggressive as he used to be before all his knee injuries and stuff, which you kind of understand you have that you have an injury, but anybody's had an injury. If you, even if you get like a cut on your finger, you can kind of feel it. And, and uh, if you can't like pick stuff up because it'll open up and bleed again or something, you, you kind of stop using it. Right. And so then yeah. when you pick stuff up, like if I pick up my phone, I, I don't use my finger on it. That was cut. And then after a while you start feeling it, that you're not using that hand. And then if it gets better, you're kind of like, it's just a weird, weird kind of feeling. So if you're, I mean, he's been 13 months since he's played basketball, he said today. Yeah. So if you've wild. gone that long, then, man, you, you can imagine the kind of, like, the psychological, like, the hurdle is what they call it. You can imagine, but he's he's saying he doesn't have any of that right now. Yeah, and that was the talk around what this final stage of rehab and stuff is looking like. You know, Bondi up in uh, New York, the one that, the reporter that's that was banned from MSG by that <laughs> idiot James Dolan. Um, but, yeah, so Bondi... You know, had reported when Porzingis, or I think it was right before Porzingis, you know, got traded, that he was medically cleared to play, and that kind of that that 
that report got Mavs fans all excited, thinking that we're getting Porzingis and then he's going to play and stuff. So then it kind of threw some people off saying, well, if they're saying he's medically cleared to play, why is he going to play and all this stuff? So there was a lot of talk around what this final stage looks like. And that's why I tried to get Cuban to talk about on our pod of saying, is it past medical at this point? Because I had heard a few things. I'd heard some grumblings that it was more uh, him just trying to, I don't want to say rebuild, but kind of trying to reboot everything, figuring out is there anything he's doing with his body, running, jumping, like all the stuff that he said, is there anything he's doing that is causing injuries, that has caused anything in the past? And th- this extra time of rehab is allowing, to, allowing them to really look at him and his body as saying, how can we properly put on weight? Am, am I running the right way? Am I jumping? Am I landing the right way? Am I, what am I, how, how can I ease the, the load on my legs, knees, anything to prevent further injuries? And that's what I, re, I really think this last stage has been about. And hearing what he, him say that today uh, about the, how he feels different, like you just said, I, I think it kind of plays into all of that. I think you're completely right. I think that he was clear to play. I think that he was able to play, but that there was other things holding him back, which is why they would never say that it was a medical thing. And your question was was very pointed and was probably correct. And uh, it kind of feels like he's been thinking about this. You know, in the way that he answered that question, it feels like he has thought about the, you know, the psychological, maybe like damage or the psychological repercussions that an injury like this has. And he had the answer for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, saying that I don't think about it at all. So now we're not going to talk about it very much. This is a guy yeah. that's dealt with the New York media <laughs> for three, four years now. So he understands the media narrative and stuff like that. And so he's going to go from New York media uh, down here to talking to uh, us and uh, Dwayne and Eddie and Tim Cato. <laughs> us, you say us like it's. <laughs> well, I mean, like we're going to like we're in some of those scrums and like and Tim McMahon. I mean, Tim McMahon's going to be the hardest one on him and and. Uh, you know, I wouldn't. Yeah. Us. <laughs> All right. Uh, Carlisle said it's too soon to say whether Porzingis will play, will primarily play center or power forward quote. I know he can guard either of the big positions. So for now, I think leave it at, leave it at that. It's probably the way to go, but he's been a very effective rim protector. If you look at the, uh, if you look at it, that if you look at it, that he says things in weird ways. Sometimes Carlisle like starts a sentence and then he'll like go back mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Say something else. But he's been a very very effective rim protector. If you look at it that way, he guards fives and plays four on offense. That's probably the way to go. But a lot can happen between now and next season. Okay, what do you think about the idea? I mean, that that's kind of the idea, right? That he plays five on center and plays four on offense. So then you got to find a guy to kind of match that. I go back and forth on this. You know this. We were talking about this the other day. We were texting about this. Uh, this has been conversations that have taken place within media of like what how how is this going to approach how they go into the off season and bigs that they will chase and there's a lot of different layers to this uh, even going back to uh, when I wrote a Q and A last year for Mavs.com right before the draft I talked to Donnie Nelson and Tony Ronzoni about just thoughts on building uh, building a team and roster and everything. And if y'all remember, we talked about on this podcast, and if you want to dig back and find that Q&A, Donnie talked about the center position. And he's talking about Golden State, but just in this, this era of the NBA, and he referred to it as a bullpen. 
And he said, you know, you got your shot blocking center. You have your like bruising type of center. The bullpen is a term, a baseball term. If people don't know what it means, it's a. In in baseball, you have your pitchers that, that throw the ball, and they and they come off, and your bullpen has different kinds of. You have different kinds of throwers in there. You have your knuckleball. You have your submarine guy. You have your you know your guy that throws heat. You have your guy that throws off ball st- off speed stuff. You have like all these different kinds of guys that do different kinds of things. They come out and pitch, and they only usually pitch like one or two innings here or there. So that's what he's talking about when he talks about bullpen. Yeah, so it's like you you'll. You would spend, you would go out and get like a rotation of centers of like three different guys that do different, three different things. It would be the equivalent of like Robin Lopez, Salah, and like Kenneth Fareed. You know, you'd have like Lopez, you'd be your bruiser type. You'd have Salah to be your shot blocker and Fareed to be like your rebounding, more athletic type. It would be something along that, along those lines. But so, how does that mindset go into Porzingis? And I, there's a bunch of different questions that go into this, but. My thing with Porzingis playing the five, because we can get in this mindset of, man, imagine Luka with three other like wing, athletic, 3 and type of guys, Porzingis at the five. This is going to be awesome. My only thing with that is, considering Porzingis' past injury uh, history and everything, do we want Porzingis banging and with the centers down low? And that would be my only thing with it, because uh, if, I, if you're asking me... What I would prefer, I lean more towards him being the four. And I say that because I think he's athletic enough, he's fast enough, and he could shoot the ball well enough. Uh, and a lot of these fours in today's game, I would rather him guard those fours instead of him banging down low uh, with some of these centers of the league. Yes. Yeah, I'm with you on that. But that, that lineup will happen, though. The lineup of, of Luca, Porzingis, and three other shooter wing, you know. I'm down for that to happen. Athletic kind just of guys, not, but they're not going to use it 100%. I'm down for it to be kind of like how they used to use Dirk back in the day, and that was like their hidden weapon. Melvin Hunt, we, I talked to him about it when, when he was assisting here in Dallas, of saying that was like our hidden weapon back in the day. When we first started moving Dirk to the five, he just threw everybody off. And so I think it would be more, I would lean more towards you breaking that out as your, I hate using this, but this is like what your death lineup, you know, you have Porzingis at the five and those three other guys, but it's going to, it will dictate, there's so much of that will be dictated of who they go after over the summer. And that'll kind of tell you who who's going to play what. And there are so many lineups in the NBA that Porzingis can be a five and it's not going to hurt him that much. You know, like I'm doing, yeah. I'm doing a, a, I mean, I'm doing a piece on the thunder right now and like he can play against Nerlens, you know. Like if he, he, he can, can play against Nerlens, yes. But do you want him banging down low against Boogie, against Stephen Adams, against no. Joel Embiid? Um, you know, he could he could play the five against Milwaukee. You know, with Brook Lopez, that's fine. He could play the five against the Lakers. Uh, anybody could play against the Lakers. Uh, he could play uh, the five no, against. Javale might get them hurt like on accident. <laughs> okay, that's true. He's too clumsy. Um, but like those type of guys, he plays, you know, play the five on it and that's fine. But I think no matter what happens, I think you have to go out this summer. If you don't think Maxi can bang down low, you have to go out this summer and try to find a big body to at least hold their ground. Some like a AKA Robin Lopez that we've talked about on a fairly cheap deal. Agreed. Continues. Porzingis said he likes Carlisle's flow offense and general philosophy and quote, the way he sees me out there on the court. And I think we're on the same page. I'm really excited to play for coach Carlisle and it's going to be a great opportunity for me to take my game to the next level. Mm -hmm. Give me more of that. Let's go. Okay. So Porzingis coaches, he played for Hornacek. He played for 
He didn't play for David Fisdale. He was just there. That's true. And did he play for Derek Fisher? Oh, please. Yes, God. he played for Derek Fisher for oh. for 54 games, and then he played for Kurt Rambis for like 20, 30 games. Those are his wow. coaches he's played for. Derek Fisher, Kurt, Kurt Rambis, and uh, Jeff Hornacek. So. Yeah, well, Ooh. have fun here. It should be a lot better. Definitely. Well, yes. He goes on to say, I've been getting a lot of support and a lot of love. He said, I'm extremely grateful for how fans have welcomed me here. I can't wait to step on the court and finally show them what I'm capable of doing. I was a little little worried after such a big amount of time off that I would be rusty and not feel as comfortable. But today, all the two-on-two and three-on-three already proved to me that it's right there. I still have my game. Mm. Yes, you do. Let's end with Just this. To, Do you expect Porzingis to come back and be a 20-point per game scorer like he was? 20-point per season? game scorer. I can't read or talk today. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Next season? Yes. Oh, for sure, yeah. I've said before, I think he'll be better than what he was before. I really I really honestly believe that it's not a biased thing. I think just everything with this plan and with the Mavericks, they're gonna he's gonna be the right body, right everything. He's already scrimmaging and stuff now. Then this summer he's gonna he's just gonna continue doing all that stuff. Mm. And yeah, it's mm, yes, yes. Preach it. Let's go. We're excited. Amen. We'll talk more about Porzingis. We'll continue to speculate, continue to we'll make predictions. We'll have a bunch of board bets, I'm sure, about Porzingis. So Guys, there you go. Another edition of Locked On Maps. Hope you guys like it. We'll be back on. Uh, we have one more show this week. We have Friday, and then we'll yeah. have the two days off for the weekend. Then we'll be back again. The Mavericks play against the Nuggets, so we'll talk about that game. And then oh, and we. Well, I said we are getting your tweets about draft stuff, yes. about free agent stuff. We we get that. Keep in mind, we do a podcast every single day, Monday through Friday. So we have a ton of. Uh, podcast uh until the draft until the lottery there's going to be a month in between the last game of the season into the draft lottery that we're going to be talking a ton about the draft uh then after that and there's free eight. so we have plenty of t- stuff we have a running list of things and it will come we will talk about it we're not ignoring a bunch of these tweets it's just they we have to uh find our times but we might have a, a generic vague type of draft talk uh coming soon when you've been doing this podcast as long as we have you have to understand that you need to pace yourself <laughs> very true we're coming up on two years of doing this podcast that's true in may yeah that's gonna be wild two years of a daily podcast and 500 episodes and all that stuff yeah that's when we'll hit we'll probably get close to 500 yeah that's wild all right guys pre- thanks so much for listening to lockdown maps peace out boom